Welcome to season three of Sorting Pen, the California Cattlemen podcast. Every day, the California Cattlemen's Association is sorting through the issues impacting California's ranching families and producers. To communicate those issues, discuss solutions, and keep ranchers current on the hot topics, CCA leadership developed this podcast and is continuing it in 2023. In each episode, we will be talking with CCA leadership and leading experts on issues specific to ranching and producing beef in California. Tune in every other Monday to hear updates on legislative and regulatory fronts in Sacramento, deep dives into current events, challenges, and more. Welcome back to Sorting Pen, the California Cattlemen podcast. April is here. I know they say April showers bring May flowers, but I think most of the state and producers are looking for a little relief. Hopefully everyone is doing okay from Humboldt up with that situation all the way down to the flooding in the Central Valley and everywhere in between. Hopefully everyone's doing well and we're on our way to some better weather and maybe a little bit calmer days. If you missed our last episode, go take a listen. It was with Secretary of the California Department of Food and Ag, Karen Ross. She joined me for a discussion on CDFA's current works and just a conversation for producers about the role they play in California and how they can help communicate about the value of ranching and ag in the Golden State and all that CDFA is doing. So go check that out. Today, we're going to get an industry update from the California Cattle Council. They just had their spring meeting in the middle of March about two weeks ago as the time this will be published. So joining me to talk about that meeting, the work the Cattle Council is funding, and key priorities for the council moving forward through the rest of this year are Cattle Council Chair Cody Nicholson-Stratton from Humboldt County and the Cattle Council's Executive Director, Justin Oldfield. So thank you both for making time and providing this update today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Katie. The Cattle Council has been around now, obviously, a few years, but there's still probably a little confusion. And then maybe if someone's listening, never heard of the Cattle Council, I kind of want to start just quickly about how it operates, what it's not, what it is. So, Justin, could you give us your quick little elevator pitch on what the Cattle Council is and how it runs? Sure, absolutely. Happy to be here. So thanks for the opportunity. Uh, Just very briefly, the California Cattle Council has now been around since 2019, which was formed on the heels of legislation that was passed to to call a vote. The state's cattle producers, which include both beef and dairymen, dairy women, cattle producers across all industry segments. So essentially anybody that sells an animal in California and paid the previous beef council uh, checkoff would be eligible to vote ultimately. Producers voted to assess an additional dollar to form this organization, which is entirely separate from the California Beef Council. So a new organization that is California only, uh, with all dollars staying here in the state to be approved for distribution for projects uh, by a separate and independent board appointed by the Secretary of Food and Agriculture, but made up entirely of cattle producers. That was formed uh, ultimately with a producer vote, uh, overwhelming vote in support to do this. What's also unique about the California Cattle Council uh, is while the dollar, the additional dollar is collected at point of sale, it is refundable. So cattle producers do have an opportunity to uh, ask for that money back. If they don't like what the Cattle Council is doing, we have a built-in metric for uh, how successful we are. And so far, uh, an overwhelming, more than 90% of producers continue to invest uh, in the organization and the work that we're doing. That was a great rundown, Justin. The Cattle Council is ran by a board of 11 members and 11 alternate members. So there's dairy cattle members, feeder members, range cattle members, processor members, and then two public members. And I mentioned that we have Cody on the line. He's the current chair. 
and he serves as a dairy cattle board member. Cody, you came on right at the onset of the council. You served as Dave Daly's vice chair, and now you are the chair of the board. So maybe let's hear a little bit about yourself, your operation, and kind of just how are things in Humboldt? We were just talking about how crazy it's been in Humboldt. Well, like most of the state, uh, Kitty, it's been wet in Humboldt. So wet and a little shaky. But otherwise, we're we're holding in like most Californian cattle producers are doing right now. Thanks for having me on. So my name is Kerry Nicholson Stratton, and I'm a sixth generation dairy farmer up here in Humboldt. Like most dairies up here, we're an organic pasture-based dairy. We run about 100 head of jerseys. And then we also diversified into grass-fed beef and lamb, as well as pastured poultry. And a major focus for our farm, in addition to producing milk, is that we do agritourism. So we focus on kind of helping to bridge that gap between the consumer and the producer by giving our consumers in this area a farm that they can come onto and connect with food production, see a dairy operating see cows being milked and just make that firsthand connection to the food system. You're a busy guy, Cody. So thanks for taking time to join us. And thank you for taking the time to serve as chairs of the cattle council. I know that's time consuming and you have a lot going on in your part of the state as well. So thank you for that. I'm looking forward to it this year. Coming off of that. So for the cattle council, Justin, before we talk about some projects, what are the strategic priorities of the council? When the cattle council was first formed, the board sought to develop a, a strategic plan that would sort of guide us for the first five years of the program's implementation, which in, in good reason helps us to uh, sort of direct and prioritize the funds that come in. So our budget is based on the amount of sales and cattle traditionally in California. It's about $3 million a year. Obviously, that can fluctuate with, you know, herd size reduction, increase, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, what we found uh, or what the committee that developed the strategic plan and ultimately was approved by the board, found us to have three really focused areas in terms of how we should prioritize our funding. The board will prioritize, you know, the amount of money that goes to those strategic priorities. But ultimately, those priorities are really public outreach and engagement, engaging and educating in our state agencies, which includes the California legislature on issues important to cattle producers, and then also research and regulatory compliance Uh, Research would be focused on really doing research that would influence or have the ability to influence the first two categories, which is more of the direct education and outreach, both to Californians, voters, consumers, as well as our agency representatives and legislators as part of those agency representatives in Sacramento. You know, research related to things like wildfire, consumer perception, opinions, those types of issues, not really production-related research targeting specific production-related issues. Again, that certainly can be something that we can do, but it's just, it's not the focus. And last uh, mention of what's really important is the strategic planning committee suggested to board and ultimately the board adopted is for, you know, it's important for us to spend the money that cattle producers entrust us with. Certainly cattle council is not a bank, but at the same time, also make sure that we are keeping some money available in the event the board has to very quickly and strategically deploy a significant amount of money should there be an issue that comes up in California that has the ability to severely disrupt cattle production in California or severely disrupt one of our industry segments. And so we are continuing to fund that. 
Uh, we put uh, roughly 10% of our budget into that account on an annual basis, and we have populate that fund at $3 million. And once we have that fund at $3 million, we'll continue to keep that to be, again, deployed very quickly. If we ever use money from that account, the, the commitment is to put that money back. So uh, we have a, an ample fund to be able to execute on projects over the course of every year, and then also have a good, what we call a contingency fund, war chest, whatever you want to call it, to be able to access money in the event we need it quickly. You mentioned projects, and I had mentioned it before, and something that was said a lot on the Cattle Council referendum when CCA was going around asking for votes on it and talking about what the Cattle Council would be should it pass in the referendum was that the Cattle Council was not going to be a completely new organization doing its own work. You'd have partnerships, and partnerships have continued to be essential to the Cattle Council's success. So throughout the year, the Cattle Council seeks requests for proposals from individuals and organizations that are qualified to fund projects in line and kind of fulfill these priorities that you're talking about, Justin. At your spring meeting in Pismo two weeks ago, we spent a majority of the time listening to updates on current proposals and then requests for new ones. So Cody, as chair, did you see any trends or topics or themes in topics from projects, requests, or updates? Kind of what type of work is the Cattle Council funding? Yeah, I absolutely saw some underlying themes to the kind of proposals that we received from our industry partners. And like you said, those partnerships have remained a really important part of the Cattle Council rather than having a large staff and executing projects as the Cattle Council, we really rely on industry partners who are experts in those particular areas to do that research and to build those projects and really put our producer dollars to work by making sure that as much of the producer's dollar can go out and be beneficial to them by promoting the cattle industry. And I think as we looked at the proposals that came in, whether it was the California Cattlemen's Foundation, Western United Dairies Foundation, Dairy Cares, or UCCE, Cooperative Extension, underlying theme to all of them seems to be the need to tell our story, that as California cattle producers, you know, what we're putting out there, the story that we're telling needs to be coming directly from us, whether it goes to the consumer or it's to the agencies. And that could be anyone from the legislature down to you know, our local board of supervisors, but making sure that we're really driving that narrative, because if we're not driving the narrative of what's happening on the farms, then someone else is, and it's outside of our control. And I noticed that regardless of whether it was within the research projects relating to fire or it was foundation proposals, there was that underlying theme of just the need to make sure that we tell the story of what it is to be a California cattle producer and what's happening on our ranches and dairies. I think you summed that up really nicely. And I'm glad you mentioned local projects. Um, the Cattle Council has funded local projects as well as some larger ones. So there is some varying scale in what type of requests are being made. Justin and Cody, are there any projects or updates from the meeting that you two want to highlight or are particularly excited about and want to share about? Well, as a producer, I think the one, one of the ones that I always get excited about is RCAP and DTAP. And just that we made that promise to producers to be able to provide technical services to them and the assistance with regulatory compliance. And DTAP and RCAP continue to do that regardless of your trade association affiliations. You're able to access those services to navigate the regulatory hurdles that we all have. Another one for me that I was particularly excited about was the UCCE proposal for additional research into public lands grazing 
And I just really appreciate that because it's driven by producer concerns and questions, and it builds off of two previous research projects that the Cattle Council has funded into wildfire and GHG emissions related to wildfire. So it's nice to see a continuation of work that we've already done and that's been successful and has been useful for the California cattle producer and to build forward. But Justin, I'm sure you have ones that you were excited yeah, about. That was very well said. I think I'll be quick here, but I guess what, what I just wanted to accentuate is the fact that um, when the California Cattle Council was first formed, you know, there was a commitment made to producers, as Cody said, to ensure that we were lean and mean. Ultimately, our overhead was a very small portion of the funds that we brought in that would be put back out for projects. And we've kept to that and have kept that commitment. You know, as a result of that, we've been able to put out a good amount of money or the majority of the money to projects. And and just to sort of go back to the, the promises made in the campaign, the projects really that the California Cattle Council has executed on have been those that really see to affect cattle producers. While we certainly can engage in, in the sort of work that, you know, looks at promoting beef and dairy products in California, and it's really not our mission. Our mission is to, to really focus in on the issues that producers care about that affect their bottom line. And so the, the projects that Cody just mentioned, the research side, you know, looking at how do we account for and ultimately open up additional public lands, whether it be federal or state, for, for grazing opportunities that have a benefit to both cattle producers and the state of California, whether it's agency tours to get out and tell our story, as Cody just mentioned, or even the public affairs work that we're doing to highlight those messages directly to a targeted audience of decision makers that affect the operations of our producers. We intend to continue to focus in on that area and have done so. You know, we always go back and look at not only our strategic plan, but also what have we promised during the campaign. And we've stayed true to the fact that we are engaging in, in projects with our partners that really affect the issues that producers care about. Yeah, I think for me, a lot of the projects Cody mentioned were the same ones. The research that's going to be coming out of Cooperative Extension, that's beneficial to the industry in so many areas to have that and be able to point to it. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. We've had Noah Lopez and Jack Rice from the Ranchers Technical Assistance Program on this podcast, and we've heard overwhelmingly good feedback. I know you have as well, Justin, on that program and the free technical assistance they're providing, like Cody mentioned, to anyone of any trade organization or regardless of any membership of any type. And the DTAP is a similar program, the Dairy Technical Assistance Program. Those are two I think are really important to highlight. Any other specific ones for beef production that you're investing in or maybe have invested in recently that our listeners might want to hear about? I think the one thing that we've really engaged in that I think is important specifically for beef is on the conversations surrounding the role that beef has in nourishing our students here in California, including our, our most needy students in school districts where really kids get their most nutritious meals at school. The dairy industry has done a great job of engaging in that conversation about the role that dairy plays in, in sort of early childhood nutrition and ultimately education, but we really haven't had the dollars to engage in that directly on the beef side. And I'll say the reason why the Cattle Council is engaging uh, in this issue, because I just talked a little bit about the fact that we tend to focus in on producer issues, is because as a result of not being engaged in that space previously, there's been a lot of pressure and a lot of influencing that has been occurred on the attempt to try to introduce alternative meat products into that space. And so it's very important that individuals that work at our state agencies that have a direct role in sort of shaping the future of our menus and ultimately in state policy 
associated with the use of those products and incentivizing financially uh, the purchasing of those products, have a good understanding of the story of our cattle producers, how they contribute to our local food debts, and directly assimilating the fact that the cattle producer has a direct tie to the school meals that our children are eating and the nutritious meals that they're eating. And so that's been one where we've had to step in and put out funding to really kind of fill that void that was there for the beef side. You know, it's been great to uh, to be able to do that. We're the second year of, of that project and, and are, are working with the Beef Council on that. I think the more that we are going to get our folks that are registered dietitians and, and nutritionists to be able to help educate and form those that are ultimately making the decisions will be good for all cattle producers. Coming out of that, CCA goes to local tour meetings for our local associations. We do half in the spring, half in the fall. And we always hear questions and like misconceptions and just hear what's going on locally from producers that we might not hear every day just being in Sacramento or wherever we are. Are there any misconceptions that you guys have heard or maybe you hear up in Humboldt, Cody, about the Cattle Council or confusion from producers that you want to address? I think one of the most common misconceptions that we hear is, you know, that First, that the Cattle Council really only focuses on big picture uh, issues or is working with larger organizations. And the, the reality is we are happy to work with you know, organizations on all levels, and we are happy to definitely see those producer dollars going back into the producers' most local communities and benefiting cattle production in those local areas. And we fund quite a few local projects of all sizes. And so Having producers aware that they can reach out to the Cattle Council for funding for those kind of projects that promote cattle production in their county is, I think, really important and something that maybe producers aren't quite aware of. So it's fairly easy for a producer to submit an RFP and be able to execute something through their cattlemen's, those local dairy organizations, um, whether that's chewers or some other venue that promotes cattle production. I think. Also, for me, one of the other things that I've noticed is that maybe producers don't always see the work that's done by the Cattle Council, particularly when we're talking about those larger projects. And my answer to that is always that you probably don't want to as a cattle producer. Um, most of us are you know, living in fairly rural areas like Humboldt. And if California cattle producers dollar is being spent to promote something in Humboldt, whether that's an ad on the radio or TV or web page, it's not really reaching the decision makers in most cases that it needs to reach. The Cattle Council has a fairly limited budget, so it's better if that dollar is spent on those sort of projects focused in the Sacramento area, you know, metropolitan areas where we're reaching the consumers and the agency individuals that were able to you know, have make those decisions that will benefit all of us. So those are two things that have been brought up to me up here in Humboldt and I've seen, but I'm sure Justin has other ones that he may have run into as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a really good synopsis. There's certainly, you know, other misconceptions out there. I think a lot of it is the fact that people think that there's this, a $2 checkoff in California. There's not a $2 checkoff in California. The dollar that's paid to the California Beef Council is very is, is completely different than the dollar that's paid to the California Cattle Council. And I sort of, we sort of highlighted those priorities as where Beef Council focused in on driving the consumption of beef. We're focused in on, on responding and reacting to uh, projects and issues that 
producers care about that are really production related. Just to reiterate Cody's point on the local projects, there's been a, a lot of effort on our part to try and, and bring that investment back. And so we have funded a series of local projects. We're excited to hopefully offer that again in the future. So just hopefully people can stay tuned to that request for proposals where people can uh, apply for, for cattle council funding to implement projects that, that have a local benefit. Yeah, I think the local projects are important too, because that also was one of the promises made during the referendum. Funding local projects and having some of that money come back to producers' communities was something that was made on the campaign trail. So it's nice to hear that some of those are happening. I know there's a tour upcoming in Butte that's with local decision makers there, and they're going to go out to a ranch and learn all about ranching and the importance and the value of it to that community. So if a producer is listening and they're wondering how can they get involved in the Cattle Council, what does that look like for producers? I know your next meeting probably isn't until the fall, but is that something that you encourage producers to attend? Do you have to be a board member? What type of engagement are you looking for from producers that are interested in being part of the Cattle Council and part of all these projects? So all of our meetings are 100% open to the public and are open to comments and participation by California cattle producers. Uh, you can go on our website and see when agendas are posted. Uh, typically, we have two in-person meetings a year, and those are augmented with additional uh, virtual meetings uh, over Zoom. But all of our meetings are open to anyone that wants to attend and participate. And I can tell you, historically speaking, you know, we certainly give a great amount of deference to those that want to join us and, and weigh in and, and do that in a way to ensure that we are incorporating their feedback. You're also welcome to call any of our producer representatives, their names are on our website and call our office, speak to me as well. We 100% realize that investing in the cattle council is an investment. These are not dollars that we own. These are not dollars we are deserve necessarily. These are dollars that people see to invest in in the program and ultimately expect those dollars to be go to good projects and to be handled responsibly, judiciously. And so we continue to do that uh, in every way that we possibly can. That goes hand in hand with making sure that we get input from producers directly. If you want to visit our website, we also have a newsletter to keep up to date with some of the things that we're doing. Some additional commentary for myself and from board members. We 100% encourage people to, uh, to get that and, again, reach out, tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we can do to do better. People uh, hopefully can appreciate the fact that this isn't a staff-run organization or staff-driven organization. This is really one where we we expect our, our producer members to help drive and direct uh, the use of our dollars. Thanks, Justin. If you want to visit the California Cattle Council's website, it's calcattlecouncil.org, and you can click on the recent works tab to learn more about the projects that we talked about and some of the previous investments. You can also subscribe, like Justin said, to receive monthly updates on all the councils doing with producer dollars and hear more from board members and kind of comments from Justin on what's happened over the last month. Any other closing comments, Cody and Justin, before I let you get back to your rainy days? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to speak to everyone. And I hope that the rest of the California producers are able to stay a little drier this year. Sounds weird to say, but I hope so too. Thank you both for making time. I look forward to seeing what the Cattle Council will do through the rest of 2023. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. 